Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me, you can find me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. And this show has a Patreon. The show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash I love that movie. And I did want to take a moment to thank our top patrons, and they are Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. If you do sign up, you do get a weekly bonus episode of just everything else I'm watching that week. Um, but I would like to take a moment to thank my guest for today. Say hi, Katie from Slice of Film. Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing today? Doing well, Katie. Um, if people haven't heard you on the show before, could you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. So my name is Katie. Um, I host two podcasts. Uh, a Star Wars podcast called Star Wars Alliance, and then I host uh, Slice of Film, uh, which is another film review podcast. Um, I am also a senior critic for Full Circle Cinema, so if you're interested in written uh, reviews and sometimes features, you can check it out there, because um, that is the host of basically all my writing, so... Very cool. Well, um, Katie, thank you again for coming on, and my guest actually picks the movie, so what... What movie did you choose to talk about today? So I know he's a little controversial right now, <laughs> but I grew up watching Pirates of the Caribbean in yes. secret, might I have you, because my dad hated um, Johnny Depp with passion. Oh, really? Tell yes. us about that. Why Why did he hate him in particular? So my dad's a hardcore conservative um, hmm. and always believes like, oh, you should like love America you should want to live in America like don't do anything I don't agree with most of what he says like you could fix things while still loving your country and stuff um yeah. but uh Depp had said some things about uh I believe it was Bush at the time and so oh, okay. it was like gosh I don't even remember he that he did not like that at all ah um, nice. I so <laughs> we were not allowed to have Johnny Depp in the house. However, um, the few friends I had loved these movies a lot. Okay. So, okay. And my mom actually fell in love with these movies. And my mom, is if you know her, she's not a huge movie person at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So she got around my dad's, we're never going to pay anything to go see Johnny Depp or buy anything Johnny Depp related by getting the movies through the library. Support your local Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> you guys are in cahoots about, mm -hmm. about this. That's pretty funny. Um, for me, I actually saw this in theaters. Um, so, so 
my story of this film is that I um, I remember when the ads came out for it and they, they talked about how they were making a movie literally based on the ride um, at Disneyland or Disney World. And, you know, I'd been on that ride. Um, I'd been to both Disneyland and Disney World. And when they announced it, I remember my very close friend saying, that sounds so stupid. That movie's going to be awful. It's based on a ride. That's dumb. And I remember thinking, you know, we don't really have any pirate films, um, any at least current ones yeah. that people really like. And I thought, I don't know, it's Disney and they have a lot of money. And if they have a good, you know, cast, it, it might be fine. Um, so I went into it with an open mind. I remember seeing the first one in theaters. We will call this, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean the curse of the black pearl and and when i saw that i was like i don't remember it being called that um that is because the title was originally just pirates of the caribbean but the subtitle the curse of the black pearl was actually added at the request of then disney chairman mike eisner uh five months prior to the film release in case it was successful enough to warrant sequels as well as appeal to adolescent audiences apparently gore verbinski uh the director greatly disliked this edition because it is the Aztec gold that is cursed, not the Black Pearl ship. <laughs> as a compromise, Disney's marketing department agreed to print the subtitle in as small font as possible uh, for promotional <laughs> materials. I was actually like, I don't remember the plot being about the Black Pearl. And then when I was reading the description again, I always do after, you know, even though I watch a lot of movies, I'll still like read through the plot just I don't know. I have a bad memory, I guess. <laughs> I like to like reread things. Oh, I do too. Um, but it, 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 you know, I was like, huh, Aztec gold, you know, interesting that this is called the black pearl. Well, now we know why. Um, Cause I remember, uh, oh, and also I'm just going to call myself out. Katie and I were having a discussion before recording about, do we say Caribbean? Do we say Caribbean? And I like Katie's answer that it's probably like an older pronunciation of it because pirates of the Caribbean just doesn't sound very exciting. It sounds like yeah. Pirates of the Florida Keys or I don't know. It just doesn't sound exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> But I remember seeing the movie and it being like an instant hit. I just remember walking out of there like, oh, that was really good. And like the friend that said that I think is a ended up being a way bigger fan than me. Saw all of the movies in theaters. I didn't really. I, I mean, I love this first one. The others, eh, I, you know, I'd watch them if they're on, but I'm not super in love with them. Um, but this film really changed uh, the controversial figure you just mentioned, Johnny Depp's life, like forever. Like, I mean, he yeah. was a star, obviously, before this, but this made him a superstar. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, like, so I got started watching these again recently because, well, I've only watched this one so far, but Matt was like, when are we going to watch Pirates? Apparently he's brought it up a couple of times previously and I have a terrible memory and he has never seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh so, really? Okay. Yeah. He has not seen a lot of movies as it comes. Oh yeah. You said he's not really a big movie guy. That's that's fine. Yeah. It, like my dad always like enjoyed movies. Um, So before we started like sports and stuff, we would always get like started like on weekends, like Friday and Saturday night would be movie night. Like we'd make oh. dinner, we'd sit down, like watch a movie. And that was kind of what we did, like, before we started um, with sports and stuff. And so, like, I just found, like, a great love for it. And plus, like, it's always nice to, like, escape to a fictional world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it, it, 
it's really important like to me and Matt's kind of like embraced it we both have uh regal unlimited memberships now because we go see so many movies oh good um and like I honestly thought we got eloped uh or we eloped not we got eloped but um, <laughs> somebody eloped you <laughs> I like that better <laughs> um and I honestly thought like okay we're both huge football people um and we're both huge movie people of course we our wedding elopement whatever you want to call it was at like it was December 31st 2020 so it was like in the middle of COVID basically so oh. it was like what do you do movie theaters are closed right now like obviously I could call a movie theater manager probably and go hey I want to like have a ceremony here or something mm-hmm. but like would they actually do it so we did it at Clemson but I honestly considered like could we do a movie theater or something but yeah and it, it, I I just love being able to lose yourself in a new world mm-hmm. so much. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean accomplishes that so, so much because it it's not like your typical like Regency era film where like, yeah. oh, it's like all these fine dresses and stuff and you're going to dances and stuff. Like you still get like a little fine dress, obviously, because we have the beginning and the end of the film. Mm-hmm. But in the midst you have great action um you have funny characters i remember laughing so hard at johnny depp and like his running (laughs) um and like oh and just like kind of like having a blast with him as like he tries to get um the black pearl back and bargaining uh with barbosa who's played by uh jeffrey rush like super hysterical i love it um if I had not fallen in love with Orlando Bloom as Legolas in The Lord of the Rings I would have fallen in love with him in this movie as um Will Turner uh, Will Turner yes and on that note <laughs> um you know we're not going to be spoiler free in this episode so we're going to talk all about it so if you haven't seen it believe you can b- find these on Disney Plus I'm assuming Um, But if not, here is the synopsis. It's going to be very short. Pirates of the Caribbean is an American fantasy supernatural swashbuckler film series produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and based on Walt Disney's theme park attraction of the same name. Uh, The film series serves as a major component of the uh, eponymous media franchise. Hopefully I said that right. Um, And that's more of an overview of the movies as a whole. But we're going to be talking today specifically about the curse of the Black Pearl. Um, Yes. And so we've already kind of shared, I shared one quick fact about the title. But um, another one that I wanted to share was just that the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is the 10th highest growing franchise ever. Which is just amazing to think about. Not something I was thinking about at all when I watched the first one. But Katie, I completely agree with you. There's something different about this pirate film. Like, if I try to think about earlier pirate films before this one that I can remember, um, the most recent one before this was probably Cutthroat Island. Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Okay. It is bad. (laughs) (laughs) At, At the same time, I kind of... I kind of want someone to pick it because there's good things about it. And I remember like this came out in 1995. It it stars Gina Davis. And I think it was her, her uh, husband, I want to say that helped produce it because 
I think he was the same one that, let me look, I'm looking at IMDb. I feel like he was the, yeah, he was the producer for the Long Kiss Goodnight in this. And like, I think <clears throat> he was kind of hoping to make her like this big, famous action female star. And I think the world just kind of wasn't ready for it. So what's unique about Cuthred Island is like the main character is Gina Davis. And she's like this yeah. tough pirate chick, which is really cool and great. It's just the movie's terrible. <laughs> so like if the movie had been good, like it would have been awesome because, you know, it's a great concept. Pirates are fun, but it just wasn't a good movie. And then other movies I can think of. Let's see. When did. um Oh, yeah. Muppet Treasure Island. Um, really like that movie. <laughs> Again, I know it's a Muppet <laughs> film, but. I thought it was a good pirate film. And then obviously beyond that, I think we have to look all the way back to like probably like black and white film days where yeah. washbuckling adventures were like a lot more popular. But, um, you know, we hadn't had something like this in a really long time. And what's unique about this movie as you compare it even to like Cutthroat Island or some of the others is the fantasy factor is just much bigger. I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot more magic and I think when it comes to pirate stuff, you got to have like the sea creatures, you got to have the magic. That is really, yeah. that that romanticized version of who pirates are is what makes us so interested, I think. Because at the face of it, I mean, they're basically just thieves, right? But like what yeah. makes them exciting? It's it's all the the lore and the fantasy behind it. So I think Disney made a really good call here with this film. Um, having that IP behind it of the ride, people are at least familiar with that was a buy-in. <clears throat> and then, of course, as we mentioned before, I think Johnny Depp. And also the producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, who, you know, brought us stuff like CSI and, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of big things. He's obviously, it's referred to as like Jerry Bruckheimer's Pirates of the Caribbean, um, you know, had a lot to do with its success as well. And good call, you know, changing the label of it, because obviously there have been a lot of movies since then. Yeah. And like you said, like, Oh, this one is the one that really kicks it for you. Like it, I think the first three, because specifically because they have Will and Elizabeth involved. For yeah. Me, like I love these movies and I think they're a really good way to like track character growth and everything yeah. um, through the first three. It's when you get to the fourth and fifth where it's just Johnny Depp and you got to go, okay, this is getting a little too crazy. I feel like Johnny Depp's character is too much of like a loose cannon and it's better when someone is like reining him in when it's yeah. just it, like, he's better as like a fun side character. Um, I mean, he's yeah. front and center in the posters, but you know, he's kind of like a, he's not like a 100% good guy. I mean, he's a pirate. And I think having Will Turner um, as the main character is better because he's like the shiny good guy. And they kind of balance yeah. each other out. But if it's just him, yeah, I think I think by the third or fourth one is where I kind of started to drop off. So I would agree with that. Yeah. What do you think of like the plot of this one, you know, to sort of kick off the series? I think this is a really good introduction to all of the characters involved. And it's, I really think it's like a good lesson in how to in like the whole franchise i think this is a good lesson about how to maintain a cast of characters that you can all really relate to and then kind of bond yeah. to because like even some of the like the pirate um uh, crew on the black pearl mm -hmm. um like 
they're minor characters and like they might only have like one or two lines in this movie but you go to like see them behind the scenes and you can go oh that would be who I was if I was on a pirate ship kind of thing yeah um it's a yeah curse of the black pearl is a really good introduction for all of these characters and I mean Jeffrey Rush was such a hit like Mm -hmm. we've already given spoiler warning but like he dies in this movie but then they choose to bring him back later on because he's so good and so I think that just it it means a lot and it like I could have seen this franchise go on forever it if Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom had wanted to stay attached to it yeah and I think like in this in like the first part of the film you know we meet like Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan as kids she discovers like that golden pirate medallion around Will's neck and takes it but then eight years later, James Norrington is promoted to commandeer and proposes to Elizabeth, but of course it makes her faint and fall into the sea right away, kind of sitting up like she's not going to be like your typical <laughs> female character. She's going to have a little more agency. She doesn't like her corset. <laughs> but but yep. when she falls in the sea, the medallion emits a pulse. So now we're like, okay, we're getting into magic territory here, which is going to be fun. Um, and then uh, having just arrived in the port to commandeer ship, uh, Jack Sparrow rescues Elizabeth. Um, Norrington identifies Jack as a pirate and a chase ensues. And then Jack encounters Will, who is now a blacksmith. Um, the, they duel and then Jack is imprisoned. Um, yeah. And then later, like the night, the crew of the Black Pearl attacks Port Royal, searching for the medallion. The pirates capture Elizabeth, taking her to meet Barbosa. Um, that's where Elizabeth pretends to be of the last name Turner because she doesn't want them to know she's the governor's daughter. Uh, but Barbosa explains the medallion is the last of 882 gold pieces his crew took from a lost treasure of Hernan Cortez on Isla de Muerta, which means, you know, Island of Death. Uh, Cortez had accepted the treasure as payment to prevent the fall of Tenochtitlan, but did not fulfill his part of the bargain. So the Aztecs gods cursed the treasure. <laughs> Barbosa and any members of his crew who took the coins are cursed and become undead who can only feel endless hunger and pain and whose true skeletal forms are revealed in the moonlight. So they're basically like the walking dead. Yeah. Uh, but to live this curse. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I remember this being like one of the first like creepy movies I ever saw. Specifically oh, awesome. because of the skeletal forms. Um, and like, I was so shocked because I, I didn't really understand what Barbosa was truly saying. And then like, you think like, this movie came out in 2003. I was eight. I probably saw this when I was like 10, nine or 10. And yeah. you just like looking at it and then he like steps out and you're like, oh my gosh. And you just see everybody around like the entire crew, like just performing their tasks, but they're all skeletons. And it's like, even to this day, like this movie's 20 years old almost. Yeah. And it looks so freaking good. Like, yeah. it has aged incredibly well. Oh, yeah. So I I was, you know, an adult when this came out, and I still found it creepy. Um, like, <laughs> I I loved, I think that was part of the, the part of the movie, and it, you know, happens early on, but it's like, you're like, okay, now I'm sold. Like, this is like, I don't know why people haven't made movies like this before. Like, this is the yeah. fun pirate stuff you think about when you're like a child, you know? And so, yeah, the, the Aztec gods curse this treasure. And so they, they appear undead in the moonlight. 
Um, I guess they can leave their ship. For some reason, I remembered thinking they couldn't leave the ship, but I guess it's just that they choose to stay on that ship because I their identities the are revealed. Movies. Yeah, it might be one of the other ones. Um, but yeah, um, to lift the curse, they have to return the treasure. Every single coin uh, stained with either the taker's blood or the blood of the of a direct relative. So assuming that Elizabeth is the daughter of Bill Turner, Barbosa tried to drown her, um, um, discovering he sent the medallion to his child. Uh, Barbosa decides to use her blood on the medallion. So that's kind of what happened so far. Uh, but yeah, I remember like the them looking so creepy and the CG and all that was really good. I mean, I remember back then thinking it looked great. Um, and yeah, even upon revisiting, it, it does, it is a really pretty movie. Yeah. And like, even like going back to like, kind of like the opening scene and then like, um, when, um, uh, like you have, oh my gosh, why can't I think straight this morning? No, you're fine. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, so like going back when Jack rescues Elizabeth after she falls off because of her corset and yeah. stuff and then she, he ends up escaping and ends up in will turner's um apprentice shop where he's mm -hmm. learning how to make swords and just kind of like that action scene that like fight scene mm -hmm. it it draws up a very nice tension and it's well played by um johnny Depp and orlando bloom in order to create this kind of bond but also like mm -hmm. hatred of one another then like it it really does change over the course of the film in a really nice way that mm -hmm. truly feels organic because in most cases especially with like some of today's movies you have a scene like that fast and furious is a great example you have a fight scene and you're like oh yeah we're enemies but then like after the fight scene like they're like complete friends like nothing to say about like the other, like maybe a joke here and then about like, oh, well, you did try to kill me um, and stuff. But like, that doesn't feel organic. This feels like completely organic. Like they're enemies from the start. And then slowly Will Turner starts to see, okay, this isn't like as bad as I thought it was going to be kind of thing. So Yeah, I think Johnny Depp's portrayal of Jack Sparrow is so interesting because I think... I had read that like he kind of combines sort of pirates with like Mick Jagger a little bit. And you can really yeah. see that there's this sort of like rock star quality to him, which makes sense. Like pirates are outlaws and it's a way to kind of give, I think, sort of like a modern vibe to something that is, you know, obviously very retro historical, but he kind of yeah. has this sort of like, I don't know, British rock star kind of, vibe to him um and it's really convincing i don't think that johnny depp could necessarily play like a like a convincing like i i don't know what a normal pirate is but you know what i mean like yeah i, I think the way he plays it makes it a lot more endearing and interesting and <laughs> even though he's one of the heroes of the film he's really not the main hero i think he's sort of you know outlandish and kind and drunk and like swashbuckling and fun but i think that the way he i think all the little like stylistic elements and stuff that he brought to the character are very interesting and 
they're why people like that character so much, why you see so many Jack yeah. Sparrows around Halloween. I mean, it was like almost like instantly iconic for sure. Yeah. And I'm just now learning that the character was actually written specifically for Hugh Jackman. Oh, interesting. Like, I heard De Niro that? was attached to it at one point too. Robert De Niro. Yeah, which... so De Niro was originally looked at for Barbosa. Oh, okay. Not so Jeffrey down. Rush's character. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And De Niro turned it down because he expected the film to flop like previous Pirates films had done. So. Yeah, it's hard to make a pirate film. It really is. Like, people don't end up liking them usually. <laughs> and I mean, we saw that, like, specifically with, like, Margot Robbie's um, female pirates movie that was, like, so fond over on Twitter. But, like, now you look at it and you're like, it's not actually going to happen now. So. Yeah, I don't even remember that. But, yeah, it's very hard to get people invested in a pirate movie. It just is. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, this one was really good and it's just, it's hard to duplicate, I guess. It just had all the right elements to it. But yeah, yeah. um, I, I could see Hugh Jackman as being a fun Jack Sparrow, but I think he would be a very different Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Like, I don't think we would have gotten like the, the Jack Sparrow look we would have gotten. Yeah. And I, almost would be afraid that Jackman would have tried to turn it into like a musical type thing. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at that. And I feel like Jack Sparrow would have been more of a goody goody. I don't see Yeah. You know, I, I just don't see Hugh Jackman as somebody portraying like a bad guy. I mean I guess Wolverine's a little bit gray, but yeah, it's like would he be really angry or would he be goofy? It's hard to know, but it would definitely be a different character. And I think I mean, again, controversial figure, but I think the way that Johnny Depp per portrays Jack Sparrow is part of the appeal to the movies. He's like our in, like, even though it's a period piece, I think the way he's playing it feels like modern enough to where it kind of pulls the audience in a little bit more. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it would have been a very different film. Not sure I would have liked it as much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have some you know uh particularly favorite scenes in this first one that you wanted to talk about so the one that i immediately go to is um when will is kind of talking about his father and stuff mm -hmm. and um it, it's um before tortuga when will is like my father was not a pirate and then johnny or uh, keep wanting to call him Johnny Jack Sparrow just like knocks him <laughs> over Jack, yeah. with um the sail I guess part mm -hmm. I don't I don't know the pieces of a ship Me um but he knocks him over so he's like holding over the water mm -hmm. and he's like you can accept that your dad was a pirate a bloody good pirate or you can just leave and I'll just go on my merry way um <laughs> and so they have to like learn to work together but that's like a turning moment for them in a really good way. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that scene? Yeah, I think, you know, that that is something that the main character wrestles with, right? Like, and I think it's meant to convey to the audience too, like maybe we wrestle with a little bit, are pirates good or bad? You know, um, mm -hmm. this movie is about pirates. <laughs> 
but it starts with a character who's not really a pirate. He's kind of a, a blacksmith that has this stain hanging over his head that his dad was a pirate, possibly. Um, and he's not comfortable with that. But um, yeah, I think it's a good way to set up like the character growth that Will Turner's eventually going to have. And the audience as a whole is going to learn, you know, pirates aren't bad, basically. Yeah. The next scene for me is kind of the ending scene um, with when um, Norrington actually accepts Elizabeth and Elizabeth is like, go save him as a wedding present to me. <laughs> and we all know that's BS. Like, yeah. even before like the end of the movie, when like you first see it, it's like totally BS. But mm. he like agrees and so he goes to Ila de Muerta and, um, like, just getting Jack out there and then having, like, the fight scene at the end um, between Barbosa and Jack um, <laughs> and then Will and the other pirates kind of playing back and forth between them, but also getting to see, oh, Barbosa's screwed because... Jack took a coin and the whole thing. So it's it's a really fun scene that's well choreographed to kind of like show um Jack and then Will going back and forth. But then in the end, you've got um like Will manages to, to get his pirates to explode, and then Will like like just gets the coins from himself and then from Jack and drops them in. And then everybody gets to die. Like, everybody's been fighting, going, oh, yeah, I'm invincible. Like, no problem whatsoever. But then, like, mm -hmm. you get that, and it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> the stakes are real now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a really good scene. I like, you talked about earlier, but, like, the reveal that they're undead, that was, like, a really fun scene to me. Yeah. And that probably made me think oh my gosh you know this is pulling me into the movie so much more like that's that's really cool also the iconic scene where johnny depp steps off the sinking ship onto the dock mm -hmm. um that's that's really fun it's so good <laughs> yeah um, and he's like oh yeah it's gonna go underwater and i'm not gonna have to like worry about anything because it's just nobody's gonna know it's there right <laughs> little tiny like <laughs> part of the top is still there oh my yes. gosh and like the part with where you see like all the pirate treasure like in the caves totally reminds me of like Goonies or something, you know, like it's just really yeah. fun and um exciting. And you already mentioned it a few times, but the, the relationship between Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom, um, you know, Orlando Bloom being sort of more like the uh I guess uh the more classic hero type character, like the sort of like Errol Flynn of the movie. Um, he's even kind of got that classic look to him with the blonde hair and everything. Um, you know, he he got this role because obviously of Lord of the Rings, right? Like <laughs> everyone was in love with him as Legolas. And so, you know, they were like, he's the best choice for this. And I think I think he is really good at, at times. I almost feel like and this is not his fault, but maybe more of a character choice of the time, like of the writing. Like he definitely doesn't come across as like as strong of a character as Jack Sparrow, but it's, it's hard to compete with Jack yeah. Sparrow when he's on screen. So I understand that, but it he's sort of like lot, the straight laced like, version. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I don't necessarily think that like that's a bad thing that oh, no. he's like a weaker character, but it's like they play really well together in this trio. Like you know, it's Jack Sparrow, and then behind him is Elizabeth and Will. Right, like, right. They're like the classic good-looking couple that's supposed to be the main characters, but he's kind of he kind of eclipses them because he's such a strong presence, which is fine. I think the movie wants you to feel that way. Can you believe? Uh, Kira Knightley was only like 18 in this movie. Was she only 18? That's, that's I, what some of the things said, but I guess I'd have to look up her actual age. Okay, let me look so okay, she, she was born in 1985, so yeah, she was 18 in this, Crazy. right? My math, is, my math is good, I think so, <laughs> but she looks older than that. I think she, she just does, but yeah, she was only 18. Well, because she found, I, I knew she was like. 16 17 at the time of phantom menace um right because she plays uh sabe um in the phantom menace like the main uh double for oh that makes sense because they look alike (laughs) like her her and natalie portman look a lot alike i think here knightley's a lot taller though but i think they look very similar and that was kind of like yeah. the classic popular look at the time, too, I think, of Starlets. Yeah, she was 14 in the, in the filming wow. of Phantom Menace. Wow. Um, but yeah, she went through a lot of um, a lot of films after the fact. <laughs> um, and like Bend It Like Beckham was how she got uh, the Curse of the Black Pearl role. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's um, what been around if- a long time a long career yeah and well you think about it and like this definitely launched her career i feel like into the stratosphere because like she then like pulled in um stuff like pride and prejudice yeah um, a lot of period piece movies yeah yeah um i haven't really seen anything with her recently other than like boston strangler boston strangler was good though yeah, I've heard that was good. That's on my list for sure. Um, looks like she was in Silent Night, which I didn't didn't end up seeing. But um, yeah, she's had a long career, and this definitely cemented her as a, a period actress for a time. She did those mm-hmm. roles really well. But yeah, you're right. It is the trio of them that's important. Sort of almost Star Wars ish there. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, she could be Princess Leia and Turner's Luke, and I guess. Jack Sparrow would be Han. I don't know. Should I keep going with this analogy? I don't know if it makes sense. But anyway, um, it's really good nonetheless. And I think this movie struck a really good balance in like all the costumes look fabulous. The set pieces look amazing. It has that sort of like really good time period feel to the movie, like where things look accurate and are, are, are done well but at the same time have that fantasy element to it also. Cause sometimes I feel like one suffers over the other, but in this one, probably cause it's Disney, it's just like a really good balance. Yeah. But, uh, any so, other scenes? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, one of the side characters that I did not realize actually was in here initially. Uh-huh. Um, is one of the most highest grossing actresses of all time. Uh, Zoe Zaldana. I when you said that earlier, I was like, I didn't realize she was in this movie. Um, yeah. She has like a brief, a brief part, right, as like a pirate. Yeah, so she's like a former girlfriend, um, 
or I don't know if former girlfriend, but somebody who Jack has definitely flirted with. Um, but um, Jack actually offers her the interceptor in order oh, to like that's right. keep her as part of the cast, a uh, uh, part of the cast, part of the crew. Mm-hmm. So um, I think like what little she's in here is good. I think this is where where is her filmography? Yeah, this is one of her most earlier um films wow um because she didn't get star trek came out six years later along with avatar and those are um two of her most highest grossing films and then obviously you get um into the mcu later on but yeah um to be a part of like this franchise like this one doesn't necessarily get into like box office charts but like you look at um Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, 1.05 billion. And then um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest was 1.066 billion. Wow. Wow. Yeah. These movies make bank. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. It's it's incredible how much these films make. Um, Yeah. I did not know that about her. Does she, I don't recall, does she play a bigger part in the following movies or do you feel like, they set up that character, but then decided to go maybe in another direction. Cause I don't recall her in the other films. Yeah. I think this is the only one she's in. Um, but, um, yeah, I still think it's like an accomplishment to like, especially start your career with something. Cause I mean, the budget for, um, curse of the black pearl was 140 million, which is big money in the early two thousands. And, they pulled in 654.3 million. So. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Um, the world was never the same there. It got to a point, I think towards the end where people were like, okay, there's too many of these movies now. <laughs> it's like so many of them being made, but I mean, I remember seeing it at least the first two or three in theaters, like, you know, definitely being sold on this movie and continuing to come back after. So it's a really fun, um, it's a fun idea. And, you know, ironically, I don't think I told you this, but recently I was at Scarborough Fair and it was like pirate day and I dressed up as a pirate and I was like, you know, being a pirate's fun. By dressed up as a pirate, I mean, I bought things on Amazon, but Nick also made me a foam hat. I was like, I don't know that I've ever dressed as a pirate before, but I will, anytime there's a costume involved, like I'm down. So I dressed up and it was really fun. I don't know if I'm ready to join the black pearl yet but um it was really it's a good time there's just something really really i keep saying it but fun about these kind of films and and it's you know a good family film sometimes the word family in a movie can be a bad thing like in other words the kids are going to enjoy it the parents are not kind of thing that's what it signals to yeah. me since i don't have kids but pirates of the caribbean is a family film that everyone can enjoy i think yep 100 percent would not disagree yeah what was the rating for this one i don't remember pg-13 oh pg-13 so you kind of have to prepare your kids i guess but i guess by the time i saw it was pg-13 for anything other than like the tortuga scene maybe is a little like i i don't think and then like action and violence i think yeah i don't remember these being that hard hitting that's like surprising that it was pg-13 Seems like that would even be a hard sell for Disney, but 
I mean, certainly didn't stop people from watching it. So yeah, especially in 2003, you think about it. Yeah, that's just interesting. But I think I always thought this movie was like PG. So mm-hmm. I guess like also the effects are very good and like it is kind of scary. So maybe for that, I don't. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this this film, when you look at ratings for it, it's it's kind of like, at least on IMDb, it's like 8 out of 10, which I think I would agree with. Um, maybe the the fact that it's such an icon now, maybe put it closer to a 9, but a great film nonetheless. So are, are there any other scenes or, or thoughts you had about the movie that we hadn't touched on yet? I think so. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I feel um, like we did. We did a good job. We didn't a- cover the whole series, but yeah yeah (laughs) it's a great movie and it's a lot of fun in a in a simple way it doesn't and great films don't have to be super complicated i agree this one is purely enjoyable so and it's two and a half hours which wow that's kind of long for for this kind of film definitely a gamble um if you had to summarize which you kind of already did a little bit but if, if you had to summarize like what keeps you coming back to it like why do you have such an affinity for the film it's definitely, I think, just because of how much fun it is. I really enjoy Orlando Bloom as a character. Like, he was childhood crush number one. Oh, um, oh yeah. For so, sure. f- closely followed by the guy who plays William. Um, I think it's William Mosley. And um, he plays Peter Pevensey in Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, Another is that the but guy that's that's, the um, isn't he, um, isn't he uh, Nightwing now? Uh, on the DC Titan show, I think. I no, definitely not. <laughs> oh no, okay. Because I know Brenton Thwaites, he was in the Pirates movies, right? Yes, I think, I think, I think Pirates. he's is he Will and um, Elizabeth's son in like, I think it's movie five. Yep, you're right, movie five, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, got it confused with, I don't know, they look, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, didn't no. mean to derail. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia guy um, is William Mosley. Oh, about. okay, okay. Yeah, um, that would have been too long ago. Yeah, but yeah. So this is like a key point for me in like my childhood. Like we constantly kept coming back to this film so much that oh. my mom, my dad, finally relented and uh, bought it like for my birthday. Because he was like, I'm oh. so done with like y'all going, we gotta go to the library and borrow this movie. Like, just get the movie already. That's great. Um, yeah. So it it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad that Matt kept bringing it up because I had kind of forgotten about it. But then like watching it again, it's like, I really like this movie. I really love it. So. I know. I, you know, it it, it blends a lot of, I feel like old sort of like, fun action Hollywood tropes of like classic cinema too and kind of marries it with like a more modern version. Um I think that it kind of blends the boast of both and it's just like a great fun family film. Like I mentioned already, I, I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I saw it many times after that and it's a classic for a reason. Um how would you pitch this movie to someone that hasn't seen it before? So this movie, if you're a Pirates person, it is for you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you really enjoy uh, like a, a small dose of fantasy with your reality, uh, this would be a movie to check out. Um, it's got a lot of fun in it. It's 
got a lot of heart. You can clearly see, like, yes, Johnny Depp is very controversial right now, but he gives a lot of heart into his performances and really makes it his own um, in a way that not many other actors tend to do. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. He interpreted this uh, character the way he wanted to, not how it was written on the page, and I think it added a lot to the character. Yep. This character would not be who it is without Johnny Depp. Um, but it, in other performances, I mean, Kara Knightley and Orlando Bloom do really well together. Um, <laughs> they are like the heart and soul of the romance of this film, of yes. this franchise. Um, so definitely, I think it gives you a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of everything. Action, yeah. fantasy, romance. It's all right here on the plate. So go check it out. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, I feel like, I don't know, if you've been living under a rock, man, like everyone's seen this movie. <laughs> but if you haven't yet, yeah, I think everything you mentioned is a really good reason to check it out. Well, Katie, thank you so much, you know, for joining me today for this episode. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at Slice of Katie. Uh, that is also my Instagram username. Uh, I do, like I said at the beginning, have two shows. Star Wars Alliance is on uh, Twitter, it's Star Wars Lands without the A in the war. It's very important. Don't forget it. Um, uh, we're covering High Republic stuff right now, so please go nice. check it out. Um, I love doing that show with passion. It is, it really is a passion. Um, a Slice of Film is on Twitter as well. It's my film review podcast, and that username is Slice of Film One. Uh, we are having the summer of action and adventure with Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, um, Oppenheimer, and of course Barbie. Because you can't forget Barbie. So, yeah. Great. The places to find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again, Katie. And I hope to have you back soon. Yes. Same here. 